0: this morning. <clears throat> That's what's coming up next in our passage in 1 John. And eternal security is uh, that doctrine that tells us that once we're saved, we're always saved. Once somebody is saved, they are always saved. Now before we read the text, uh, let me just talk to you uh, briefly about it, because I realize that not, not everybody in here will be on the same page uh, as far as this teaching is concerned. And um, But <clears throat> the passage is going to actually tell us that the purpose is that we might know that we have eternal life. Now, why is it important that we know we have eternal life? Well, <clears throat> uh, if holding on to eternal life was left to me, I don't think I could do it. I don't, think I, could, I don't think I'm good enough. I know I'm not good enough to save myself, and I don't think I could be good enough to actually hold on to that which God has given me in eternal life. But I don't have to. You see, because he did the saving and he does the keeping. Now you're going to say, you yeah, hang on him in a minute, pastor, that, 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 that's a pretty dangerous doctrine there. I mean, does that mean that I can do anything I like and I still say, say, stay saved? Well, you know, obviously that's not true. Well, you say, well, then, then, then could I lose my salvation? Well, no, you couldn't lose your salvation. So you say, so how does that work? He does the keeping. See, it's about him. This salvation thing, when I get to heaven, I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to just say thank you and probably cry, probably every one of us will. Because as we realize what exactly he did for us in salvation, nobody's going to march into heaven and say, hello, Jesus, I bet you're glad I'm here. That's just not the way it goes. That's just not the way it goes. When we step into heaven, we're going going to step into heaven understanding we do not deserve to be here. We didn't deserve to get saved, and even since I've gotten saved, I still don't deserve this. I still am not worthy of heaven because he did it all. Now, here's what that does. Here's what that does to to your theology. That just plays into how much he loves you not because of what you were and not even because of what you are. He just has chosen and poured himself into loving you and I. It's incredible. I think one of the things that in heaven we are going to spend a long, long time unraveling is, how could he love me so? Because I think from down here we only see a part of how much he loves us. We don't really understand all of it. But I think when we get to heaven, we're going to see the whole thing and understand what it took to save us. And I think we're going to be wrapped up in, how could he love me so? But I want you to understand, it's important for us to actually believe that we are saved and that we know we are saved and that we know that when we die, we're going to be with him. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. It's done. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing into it. It's done. And from the wellspring of that love that did it all for me springs a life, hopefully, of service for him. I want to serve him because he did it all. That's a word of prayer, and then we'll read our text. Father, would you bless us this morning? Uh, Lord, we need you. And Lord, I understand there are people, Lord, that will have heard different things, and there are, <clears throat> there are different sides to this issue. But, oh, Lord, I pray that we would see you in your glory and in your love and be helped and blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. First John chapter 5, <clears throat> and uh, we're reading from verse 10. He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave Of his son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Now, let me ask you a question here on on verse 11. If God gave me eternal life, how long is it for? Well, it's forever, isn't it? It's eternal life. Okay? Now, if God gave me eternal life and took it back, did he give me eternal life? No. Right? You see, it's eternal life that we're talking about here. It's something God has given me. Actually, eternal life is a strange thing because eternal life uh, is not just from here on out forever. Eternal life is from here on back forever too. It's his life he gave you. It's actually his life. You got planted into his life, which is a uh, <clears throat> quite a heady doctrine for us to get our minds around. We're not going to try and get our minds around that right now. Uh, but what we've got is we have been given eternal life and it can't be less than eternal it has to be eternal right okay he goes on though Uh, verse 12 he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of god hath not life you know the bible is very simple if you're here this morning and you have the son you're born again by faith in jesus christ and you have the son you have life you may be a sorry looking christian today but you have life right because you have the son If you have the Son, you have life, and you've been born again, and you know that's that's just reality. Now, you might come this morning, and you might be a very moral, good person. You might live a very good life. You might do everything right, but if you don't have the Son, you don't have life. Not this eternal life that we're talking about. Now, you say, well, hang on a minute, Pastor. That, That sounds pretty scary to me. You know what? God wants you to fix that problem. God wants to fix that problem for you. He's paid the price for your sin. He wants you to believe on him, to trust in him. And if you will come to him, he, he, he will save you. Uh, but the, the reality is that if you don't have the son, you don't have life. Um, now, look, look at what John says in verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, is that you this morning? Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Have you trusted in him and depended upon him? I'm not talking about you believing there is a God. Anybody sensible believes there is a God i'm talking about you believing on the son on the name of the son coming to the place where you realize you're a sinner that you need a savior and you trusted in him you depended upon him god did a work in your heart and you depended upon him and that that's who's believed on the name of the son of god have you believed on the name of the son of god this morning is that you Well, look what he says about you then. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. He wants you to know, he wants you to understand fully that you have, present tense, eternal life. Okay, and remember, eternal is forever. Eternal can't be shortened. Uh, Eternal is forever. He wants you to know that you have, in your possession now, eternal life. Now, that's, Pretty heady, isn't it? That means I have it, it's mine, it's done, right? <clears throat> okay, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, he puts it on both ends of it. Uh, if you believe, then you have, and then you can believe. Right? So here's something, here's something that, that happens to us. If we won't come to the place where we rest in the truth of the fact that we have eternal life. What happens is we end up being babies in our faith in some areas. We end up not being able to believe because we're always hoping behind us everything's are okay. everything is okay, everything is squared away. <clears throat> did, 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 did you ever have a boss or a teacher who was very exacting? Right? Some of you did. You have a boss or a teacher that's very exacting uh, <clears throat> and um, they wanted. All done just exactly their way. Heard a story yesterday about someone who had, uh, was given a job of cleaning 200 glasses. And when the supervisor came and checked the glasses, one of them had dirt on it. So he made him clean all 200 again. That's an exacting uh, you now you can understand perhaps why he would be exacting like that, but you know what? That's an exacting. Now, what do you do when you're cleaning glasses for somebody like that? You, you you watch them, you check them. You're always concerned. You have a burden. You have a fear. You're just hoping you get it right so you don't have to do them all again. You know, when we don't believe that God has given us eternal salvation, what we're doing is we're always watching our p's and q's to see if we're okay with Him. Now you say, what's the problem with that? You can't rest in his love if you're doing that. It's impossible for you to rest in his love if you're always watching to see if you're okay with him, if you're always watching to see if you're still saved. You can't do that. You know, his love for me is something that has no limits. We sing about it, we talk about it, we read in the Bible about it. His love, you know, there's no such thing as him kicking me out. You know, John chapter one verse twelve says, <clears throat> "To as many believed him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to as many as believe on his name." When I got saved, and I, and I didn't understand much about it, when I knelt my my bed around in fur and I got saved that that night. You know what? I, he made me his son. I woke up the next morning feeling totally different. Now, you, that may be your testimony, it may not. That that's totally irrelevant. You know, <clears throat> um, you know what happens. When people get saved, it's all, all different, right? But I woke up the next morning. I was a different person. I didn't realize. I didn't understand. Later, I began to understand. I was now a son of God. I had eternal life. I had changed. Now, listen. <clears throat> you know, Your children may bother you. They may annoy you. You might even have to disfellowship them. You might say, I can't be around you. I don't want you around me. But they're always your children. Always your children. You can never take a child and remove the child from being your child. They're always going to be your child. That's just the way it is. right? Now, So we need to catch this thought here uh, that, uh, that we may know that we have eternal life. God wants you to know. God wants you to have one thing. If you have nothing else in this life, he wants you to have one thing that's settled, sealed, delivered done and dusted, and all the rest uh, of the adjectives you can put behind it, he wants you to know you're saved. You're born again. If you're not saved, he wants you to get saved, and he wants you to know that you're saved. But if you're in this place, he wants you to know you're saved. He wants you to know for sure that you're saved. Let's pray. Father, would you bless your word to us? Because, Lord, we're looking at teaching, and we're looking at doctrine, and we're looking at things, Lord, that are so hard and so far from our Uh, tiny minds to get around. Lord, would you bless us so that we might take it in and that you might have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me give you a quote from Harry Ironside. Harry Ironside had an interesting testimony. Now, I wouldn't agree with everything Harry Ironside said, but you know what? He said a lot of strong truth. Uh, He he was raised in a different kind of faith or got saved into a different faith, and he, he was taught that you couldn't know for sure that you were saved. And he was a preacher, and he preached that doctrine. He preached that you couldn't know. Uh, He scorned others. But something happened to him along the way in his study of God. And one thing was the final clincher that convinced him that it had to be wrong for people to get saved over and over again. Uh, He had this man that he was dealing with, and this man was caught up in sin. And of course, uh, this man knew that if he committed this sin, then he would be out again. He would be, uh, he, he would be lost again, because that's the teaching that he had received. So this man uh, continued to do the sin, and every time he did the sin, he would get saved again. Right? So finally, um, one time, Ironside caught him, and he was talking to him before he actually committed the sin. And the guy said to him this, he said, look, I'm going to do it. I've decided to do it. I know I'm going to do it. I have to do it now. But don't worry, I'll get saved again after I do it. And you know, it just struck him as being entirely wrong. It just struck him as being entirely wrong, entirely presumptuous. You see, when we talk about the doctrine of being sure that you're saved and and um, <clears throat> once saved, always saved, or eternal security, uh, we, here's what happens: People normally think, well, that means you could do anything you like and you'd still be saved. Yeah, but there's a couple of t- things that you're not taking into account there. Can the believer sin? Yeah, you know it. If you're a believer, you've sinned, haven't you? Uh, you know believers can sin. That's that that's reality. Can the believer sin? Yes, the believer can sin. But there are two things that happen that, that we need to take into account. First of all, you know, what? when I got saved, my desire for sin changed radically. That's not to say that I haven't sinned or desired to sin. But do you know something happened inside me? My desire for sin was changed. Now, again, I find from Romans chapter 6, much later, after I've noticed what the Spirit of God is doing in me, you get the backup from Scripture. Well, you know what? When God saved me, he broke the power of sin in my life. He changed it. I was no longer under the dominion of the law, no longer under the power of sin. I was set free from it, so things changed. Now, is it possible for me to actually go back and sin? Yeah, but you know what? It's different now completely because my desire has changed. Now, let, let me say this to you. If your desire for sin has not changed, there's a question mark over that there. Why? <clears throat> you know, why? You know, you know, the, the reality is that when you get saved, your desire for sin changes, and if it hasn't, what's happened for you? Right? <clears throat> okay? Now, the second thing that happens is this. When I sin, I have a heavenly Father who loves me and disciplines me now. You know, I can come under the rod. When I decide to go my own way and do my own thing, I have a Heavenly Father that says, not a chance, Dave. Uh, You're not not going to enjoy my blessing on your life and live like that. I'm not going to allow it. And you know what? I fear that. I fear that withdrawal of blessing. I I need his blessing every day. I don't think I can do anything in my life apart from him and his blessing. I need his blessing in my life every day. And you know what? I so fear uh, being removed from his blessing, being under his chastening hand. I don't want it. But the Bible does say it, it says that there is a sin unto death. That do you realize that if you're his child... He loves you, and you continue and persist in doing wrong, and you say, I don't care. I'm going to do my own thing in my own way. God can actually remove you from this world. God can actually take you from this planet. So it's not reasonable for us to say, well, you know, the saved person can do whatever they like, but God. God is there. You know, God is there. First of all, my desire has changed, and secondly, uh, what I've got is I've got a Heavenly Father that disciplines me, but don't let that detract from the fact that what God says is that you might know that you have eternal life. God wants you to know it. He wants you to be sure. He wants you to have something solid locked down in your soul, in your life. I'm going to heaven. You know <clears throat> when I woke up that next day after getting saved, <clears throat> here was my thought. Now I knew nothing, right? I knew the gospel because somebody had explained the gospel to me. But I knew nothing. Um, my, here, here was my thought. I'm going to heaven. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. I'm going to heaven. You know, It doesn't matter if, I, if, I, if I'm successful or I fail. I'm going to heaven. You know, It doesn't really matter. I'm going to heaven. Everything was changed in this new moment. And somehow, I knew I was saved. Now, I, all of you may not have this experience, but I had the experience. I never doubted for a moment after that that I was going to hell. I've never doubted. I've always been sure I was going to heaven. And I've never had this feeling of, man, I better keep myself straight because I want to go to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven because of what he did in my life, right? Now, let me give you the quote by Harry Ironside here. Uh, When we we speak of the eternal security of the believer, uh, what do we mean? We mean that once a poor sinner has been regenerated by the Word and the Spirit of God, once he has received a new life and a new nature and has been made partaker of that divine nature, once he has been justified from every charge before the throne of God, it is absolutely impossible that that man should ever again be a lost soul. Right? That's eternal security, great definition of it. Uh, <clears throat> they, they, uh, it is absolutely impossible that that man should ever again be a lost soul. Once you've been truly saved, it is impossible for you ever to be lost again. Impossible. And I hope you can grasp that, uh, that you may know that you have eternal life. It is impossible for you, once you are truly saved, to ever be lost again. All right, now, I'm going to give you five uh, examples. Verse areas that we 're going to look at, we could look at a whole lot. We could spend weeks. I had to debate in my mind how many weeks were we were we going to spend with this and, and, and here 's the problem with it. If I present it to you you know one week i 'm going to get all your attention for it. If I go for five weeks on it, you know what. Uh, unless you are really interested in this area, uh, you're going to leave me behind on it, and you're going to you're, you're going to you're going to be phasing out on me, right? <clears throat> uh, and that's, that's that's always a problem and an issue with these things. But let me say this to you: if you have a problem with this, right, If you have a doubt in your mind, come to me, and I will take time, and we will go through the Bible and look at the verses. There are some there 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 are some verses in the Bible that you know are kind of hard to get your head around, um, and <clears throat> And sometimes you can look at those verses and you get get yourself all in a knot over those verses. You you ought not. You know, strong scripture always trumps a scripture that's not so clear. And remember that. When When God lays it out clearly for you and you come across something that's a little bit different and you maybe don't understand, always remember this, that what's clear and true and obvious to you, go with that and leave the rest for God to open up. Uh, to you later on do you know that God is still opening up passages of the Bible for me you know and it's not because I haven't studied them or looked at them and so on but you know there's some that the Spirit of God just takes his time teaching you so don't worry that you don't understand all the scriptures or, or somebody threw a scripture at you that you can't, can't get your head around no listen you've got an unclear scripture and they'll be unclear You've got an unclear scripture. Do not let it get in the way of what's clear. We'll look at some very clear things this morning, uh, and if you need help after that, talk to me about it, and I will try and help you with it. Right? <clears throat> okay, uh, first of all, 10, John 10, verse 27 through 30. Uh, as a sheep of Christ, you can never be lost. Right? Very simple passage uh, here, <clears throat> and I mean, if you take it at face value, uh, it speaks very clearly to the issue. Right. Uh, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Okay, two thoughts I want you to catch here. First of all, sheep. You're a sheep. Okay, now how did you become a sheep? You got born again. You became a child. Uh, you became one of his. You're his sheep. Now, you know what? I love the term sheep. You don't expect a lot of sheep. Now, you don't expect sheep to be Superman and to work it all out and have it all planned and have it all, make it all happen. They, they don't. They can't. We're, we're, we're sheep. You know, you lead the sheep, you take care of the sheep, uh, and and that's what you are. So first first of all, if you're born again this morning, you're his sheep, right? Secondly, you hear his voice. Now, I know I'm saved because the Bible says I'm saved. But you know the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are his? You know his voice. You know, you could try and prove to me that uh, I don't have a mother, You could never prove to me that I don't have a mother. Why? Because I know my mother. I could pick up the phone. I could phone her. I can go down and see her. She was at the picnic yesterday. You could never convince me that that I don't have a mother. She's real. She's there. You could never convince me that I don't have a heavenly father. He's just as real to me. Lives in a different sphere, but he's just as real. I have a heavenly father. I hear his voice. He speaks, doesn't always tell, me, always tell me what I want to hear. But he speaks, I hear. I'm his sheep, and I, and I hear his voice. Um, and I know them. He says, he knows them. Now we'll talk about that a little bit later. And they follow me. Okay? Now, and I give unto them eternal life. Now he's taken. he's not talking about sheep, woolly, white woolly sheep. Now he's talking about us. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Okay? Now, he says you will never perish. Now, what does that mean? You know, well, uh, could we take, you know, and work the word never perish into something less than never perish? Pretty strong, isn't it? Pretty simple, pretty strong. Uh, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Okay, so let's back up a bit. Could you be a sheep... And then perish. No, that's what the pastor is saying. You can't be a sheep and then perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, now, watch what he does here. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Okay, so so here's what he says. Jesus says, "You're you're my sheep. You will never perish. You're in my hand." And not only that, but you're in my Father's hand and no man is able to pluck you out of my hand. And I've heard people say things like this. Well, you know what? You could crawl out of the hand. Okay, But he just said you would never perish. Right? Now, <clears throat> if, 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 if I say to you, somebody's in my hand, that's impossible for, for a human being. But you know the picture. The picture is a pretty strong picture, isn't it? They're in my hand. I have them under control. I have them safe. They are in my hand. Is there any way to... to does the picture lend itself to the idea of, oh no, they got out? No, it doesn't. The picture he's giving you is, never perish in my hand. Eternal life is what we're talking about. You can never lose it. You can never lose this thing called eternal life. Just very simple, uh, straightforward scripture. Uh, They rest in the power of my hand and my Father's hand, and they can never be lost. Now, let's just say, take the picture, and and we'll say you were small enough to rest in your Father's hand. Would you feel safe? Would you ever want to get out? No, the picture he's giving you here is a picture of eternal life that is secure, that is safe, that you may know that you have eternal life. All right. So picture number one, picture number two, uh, you were perfected by one offering forever. Hebrews 10 verse 14 says for by one offering, how many times did Jesus die on the cross? By the way, traditions that have him dying every day and all day every day on the cross have something seriously wrong with them. Something seriously wrong. That is just not so. He died once for all time and for all, right? So, for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, right? He hath perfected, he has matured them that are sanctified, finished, complete is the idea of the word perfected. He has finished it. It is complete for how long? Forever. So let's change our picture again. If we say, for by one offering, he hath perfected until they do something wrong, them that are sanctified. You can't put that in that verse, can you? You can't fit a doctrine whereby you can lose your salvation in that verse. You just can't. Listen, once you got saved, you were saved forever. You can't lose it. Right? You see, the real heart of this issue for me, the real heart of theology, but the real heart of this issue here for me is this. Right? What kind of God do I serve? Do I serve a God like the pagan gods of old? who can get bent out of shape with you and you, and you get the back of his hand and, and you're finished and he's done with you? Or do I serve a God who has declared himself and committed himself to loving me and will never take it away? I serve the latter kind of a God and it's real important to me that I serve that kind of a God. Now, you may have some questions in your mind as far as eternal security is concerned, but you know what? <clears throat> it does affect your picture of God who this God that you serve is. You see, by one offering, he perfected forever them that are sanctified. Picture number three. God himself takes responsibility for the work he has begun in you. For Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you. Now, <clears throat> let's, let's go back a bit, a bit in time. Who begun the good work in you? You say, well, you know what? I always knew there was something wrong and I was always seeking for God. Why were you seeking for God? Because he had begun a good work in you. The you know, it always starts with him. We love him because he first loved us. Our relationship with God is always uh, <clears throat> engineered. Uh, it is always initiated by God. God's always the one that's after us. God's, God works in our lives. And I, I, I think God works in our lives in ways we can't even understand to bring us to himself. And I think he works in everybody's life. I think, you know, there's nobody out there that he doesn't work in their lives. He wants to bring them to himself. But you know what? You get a certain amount of light you have the choice to reject it or to, or, or, or to accept it. And as you, as you respond to the light, you get more light, right? But he begun a good work in you. God begun this good work in you, right? <clears throat> what does it say, though? And, you know, when it comes to salvation, we have no question about that. Yeah, you know, God save me. Did you do anything to save yourself? I just said, yes, please. Uh, You did nothing to save yourself. God did all the saving, right? But then what we tend to do then is we tend to say, and here's part of the problem for us, we tend to say, okay, well, you know, when I got saved, all my sins up to that point were fixed. He cleansed all my sins up to that point, right? But after that, he didn't cleanse them. I've got to deal with them, right? Now, Here's the question, though. How many of your sins were future when Jesus died? All. All your sin was future when Jesus died. So how many of your sins did Jesus pay for? All. He paid for the ones you haven't committed yet. By the way, that doesn't make it light. That means that's just the reality. There was no other way. You hadn't been born yet. You hadn't sinned yet. So he paid for all of it. Right. So, So we recognize, we understand, yeah, he begun a good work in me. He took and he dealt with my sins. He gave me forgiveness and he gave me his righteousness. But now I'm on my own. Inconsistent picture here. No, he did it all. Now, see what the verse says, though? The verse, that he, <clears throat> that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Okay, now, <clears throat> let me let me ask you this question. Well, say I got saved, right? And um, <clears throat> I continue on for a while, and then all of a sudden I go back into sin, and at the judgment seat, I stand before him, And he says, condemned. On the basis of this verse, who failed? Would I have the right to say, but God, you said you would perform it. I was depending on you because you said that what you had started, you would perform. Wouldn't I? You see, I can't. Because he will perform it. He begun the good work and he will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So get this, catch this. You know, when I stand before Jesus, I'm not going to say, Lord, you know, <clears throat> listen, thank you for saving me. I could never have done it myself, but I'll tell you what, since I got saved, I burned up the road for you. Look at all I did for you. I was a pastor for all those years and I did this and I did that. And, I... and he's going to say, Dave, you're missing the point. I started it. And I performed it. I worked it in you. And I'm going to have to bow my head and say, yes, Lord, you're right. That's, that's what you, you, you did. It. Right? And whatever rewards I get are his, because you know what? He's the one that performed them. <clears throat> but again, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the reality. There's no way for me to be lost. Um, <clears throat> Number four, you're a new creation. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, when it says new creature there, uh, it doesn't mean uh, that you morphed into a variation of what you were before. It means you were changed completely. You became a new creature. Now you say, okay, well, yeah, yeah, I'm working at being a new creature. No, 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 you're not working at being a new creature. Uh, you are a new creature. You're not working at it, that's who you are. You've, you've been changed, uh, you were born again, uh, you've become a new creature. Now, some things are consistent with the old creature, and some things are consistent with the new creature, right? i like I'd give a crazy illustration, right? We say we have a, we have a tiger, right, and We change the tiger into a new creature and we change the tiger into a cow. Now he'd probably not be very happy about that, but we'll just say, right? We could go the other way with the two. But we change the tiger into a cow, right? Now if we looked out and we saw our cow chasing down rabbits or other creatures to eat them, we'd be saying something wrong with this picture here. This is just not right. You're a new creature. There are some things of the old life that yes, you can carry into the new life, but they're totally inconsistent for you as a believer. They're totally off for you. And you know, what would the cow do with with the rabbit when it caught it? And that's the way it is for believers. Sometimes the old life creeps in and they they, want to do the old things again, but none of it works because they're a new creature. They are changed. They are different fundamentally, in the core of their being, you've been made different by salvation. God didn't give us a half-hearted salvation. God didn't say, look, tell you what, you've annoyed me now, you've broken my, you've done this and this and this, and you've really annoyed me, and I'm going to put it behind me, and don't annoy me again. He didn't do that. Because he knows you better than that. He knows man better than that. He knows there's no way you would do right by that. He said, no, you know what he said to you? He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a new heart in you. I'm going to make you a new creature. I'm going to put my spirit in you, and I'm going to help you all the way to live for me and to do right. I'm a new creature. I walk in a different way. I live a different way. I hear a different song. I sing a different song. I'm a new creature. I'm different. Stop trying to pretend that you're the old person anymore. You're not. Get over it and move on. You're a new creature. All right, last one. His sheep follow him. Back to John 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Right? Now, um, first of all, he says, I know them. Right? Right? Do you know that Matthew 7, and we're not going to turn there for time's sake, but Matthew 7 talks about uh, these people. Actually, do turn there, because you need, you, need you need to see this in black and white for yourself, right? Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, verse 21. I'll wait till the rustling stops and we know we're there. Matthew 7, verse 21. <clears throat> not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that, say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, Ye that work iniquity. Right now, I want you to look at verse 23 because you can get convert, confused with the other two. Uh, you say, Well, I'm supposed to be doing the will of God. I'm not always doing the will of God, right? Uh, I don't always get it right. You know, but the people in verse 22, did they think they were doing the will of God? Yes, they did, didn't they? They thought, you know, they were prophesying, they were doing things in His name. But what it says in verse 23 And then when I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Is it possible for somebody to think they're all about God and they're going to heaven and everything else and for it not to be true? Yeah, it's possible. Oh, now, here's insecurity coming in. No, 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 we'll fix the insecurity in a second here, right? We'll fix the insecurity in a second, right? That's possible. It is possible. Now, why is it possible? Because he says, I never knew you. It was not just a case of you signing up to the local Baptist church or whatever church it is and you're going to give it it your all and do your own thing. No, it's a relationship. It's a relationship that starts when you're born again into his household. It's a relationship. Now, listen, a relationship is a two-way thing. Okay, understand this. A relationship is not something whereby, you know, <clears throat> I talk to him. I used to, I, I used to pray before I was saved. Was Sunday I used to talk, pray uh, before I was saved, right? It was a one-way street, though. In fact, uh, it was a rabbit's foot. It was paganism. I, I was just throwing things up to God, hoping, hoping somebody up there would catch them and do something about them. But I never heard back from them. You know, you know there, was, there, there was no relationship going on. There was just me hoping somebody would hear and do something for me. But after I got saved, all that changed completely. And it was a growing thing. You know, the Bible before I got saved, like a dictionary, Good night. It was impossible to read. It was just, you know, you'd read a few verses and you go, oh, can, can somebody give me something? After I got saved, I could take the scripture and, you know what? God was speaking to me through it all the time. Why? Because now I was in a relationship. Now I'd been born again. Now I was his. Now things had changed completely, and there was a relationship. Here's the thing, you see. Here's what I'm getting at. I knew him, and he knew me, and we both knew it. We both knew it. It's real. Okay? Now, having said all that, right... I want you to look at it again here. And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Now let me read it again. And I will profess unto them, I don't know you anymore. Or I used to know you, but I don't know you. Does it say that? No, I never knew you. They were never saved to begin with. Matthew chapter 7 is talking about people that were never saved. It's talking about people that he he never knew. Oh, are they doing good things? You know, there are a lot of people in our world doing a lot of good things uh, <clears throat> and trying to actually do things for God. And they, he's going to say to them in that day, I never knew you. Don't depend upon good works to get you to heaven because you're, 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 you're in the wrong place, you're trusting in the wrong thing. Good works won't do it. A lot of people you talk to are depending upon their good works. They're quite proud of their good works. Your good works won't get you to heaven. You knowing him and him knowing you in salvation is the only thing that gets you to heaven. Okay? All right, back to our verse, <clears throat> John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You know the picture here? The picture here is of an oriental shepherd. Now, <clears throat> we're used to shepherding differently in Ireland. We see a shepherd uh, with his sheep. Either he's going along and he's uh, shouting at the sheep and uh, moving the sheep forward forward, and he's got a stick that he's waving. Or he's got a good dog. And the dog goes around and chases the sheep and the sheep all go the direction the dog wants them to go. And that's, that's our picture of shepherding in our mind because, you know, we see that. We've we've seen dog trials and so on. And um, <clears throat> that, that, that's our picture. Oriental shepherding is different. Oriental shepherds have their sheep in common areas very often. And what happens is the shepherd comes along, and he will have a particular call, and he will call out to his sheep, and all his sheep will start coming towards him. Right? <clears throat> that's the way it works. That's the way the, uh, the way they. I don't know how they train them to do that, but that's the way it works. Uh, I, I think if Irish shepherds could do that, they'd be very happy, wouldn't they? Uh, <clears throat> but um, they hear his voice. They know the shepherd's voice, and they follow him. Now, why do they follow him? Because he's the one that takes care of them. He's the one that feeds them. He's the one that gives them water. He's the one that takes care. So they follow him. Now, here's the question for you. You know, if you're his and you're born again by faith and you know it, do you know the most natural thing in the world for you to do is to follow him? Just do what he tells you to do. Just follow him. Now, you're not perfect and I'm not perfect and we're going to mess up and get it wrong. You know what? He knows that. He understands that. He's made provision for that. Confession of sin is the provision for that. Get it right. And continue on following him. That's what he wants for you. That's what's best for you. You're a child of God. You're born again by faith in him. And you follow him. And do you know a side benefit of following him? You're going to have total peace between you and him. And you're not going to doubt your salvation. But you're here this morning... And you're not following him. You're going to doubt your salvation. That's just the reality, because you know what? It's based on a relationship. Now, by the way, the fact that you doubt your salvation doesn't mean you're not saved. You understand that? Just because you doubt. When you doubt, what's wrong is there's a relational problem between you and him, and you're not hearing from him. And you need to hear from him. Because When you hear the shepherd's voice and you follow him, everything's good. Everything's good. And you see, so you can have insecurity that's not born of doctrine. You can have insecurity that's born of relationship because you're not following him. And I think oftentimes that's what believers have. All right, so let me give you three three thoughts as we close. First of all, follow him. You're his child. Follow him. Believer, sheep, follow him. He won't lead you wrong. You don't have a better plan than he does. Follow him. Secondly, if you're a child of his and you're living wrong and doing wrong, confess it. Make it right. right? And thirdly, if you're here this morning and you've subscribed to the idea of, well, oh, you can't really know if you're saved. And even if you knew you were saved today, you could do something wrong and you could lose it. Would you settle that in your heart with Scripture? It's not that kind of salvation. Jesus did it all. He saved you from your past sin, from the present, and from the future as well. He did it all. When, you, when he paid the price for your sin, he stamped on your account paid in full. The account was closed. It was all paid by him. All the future stuff. You have it made. There is no way you could ever be lost. If you are genuinely his, born again by faith in him, there is no way you could ever be lost. Rejoice in that salvation and live for him and enjoy it. Because the best life that's ever been offered to a human being is the life of a believer that hears and follows the shepherd. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven we thank you lord for your word to us thank you lord for <clears throat> speaking to us through the word and thank you for a great salvation lord that completes everything for us let me just ask you one question this morning you're here this morning and you don't know jesus christ as your savior but today you're saying i want to know him i want to know him as my savior i want to know i want to put my trust in him i want to know him would you lift your hand and i'll have somebody explain to you from the bible how you can be sure you're his and you're going to have him. Anybody here like that this morning? Just one question this morning. Anybody that wants someone to take the Bible and show them how they can be sure they're going to have him? Would you just lift your hand? Anybody at all? If you're not saved, there are tracts and so on in the back. Take them with you. Do talk to somebody. Uh, this is the most important issue in life. Don't let it slip. Don't let it side. Don't wait because you never know how long you have. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our hearts and lives. Now, blessed spirit, would you confirm each one in their salvation. And Lord, for those that are not saved, would you do that work in their hearts, even today, in Jesus' name, amen.